You are now tuned in to Behind the Confidence Smile, the podcast, where we talk about what's behind your smile. No longer suffering in silence and truly walking in your purpose daily. I am your host, Bianca Cotton, wife, mom, author, poet, speaker, and hope dealer. I am on a journey to help women walk in love, live in hope, and be healed from past hurts. Join me on this journey of revealing what's behind your smile. We have special guests, some poetry, and inspiration. Now let's start the show. I am thrilled to share with you about my fifth book, Captivating Confidence. Many of you know uh, that I released this book back in May and had the book celebration back in August. And it is amazing, y'all. Not because I said it, but because of the reviews that are coming in and people posting about it on Amazon and social media. Captivating Confidence, an 11-step guide to develop a healthy relationship with yourself and on your inner greatness is for you. It's for you, uh, those who smile and don't tell their secrets. It's for you if you are seeking to make yourself a priority on your own to-do list. It's for you to help develop a relationship with your inner you, which is a critical success factor for learning to rest and experiencing joy in your life. It is for you if you want to learn how to use the tool of writing and journaling as a way to face unaddressed life issues. Come on, y'all. It is time for us to not only level up in our external achievements, which we do that well as high-achieving, go-getting, visionary women, but to allow our inner greatness to shine so that people, inclusive of ourselves first, can we can own our inner greatness. If you're ready to do that, grab your copy of Captivating Confidence on my website, BehindTheConfidenceSmile.com or on Amazon. And get a copy for a friend too. All right, y'all, now to the show. Hello, everyone. I have a dynamic powerhouse woman here with me today. Her name is Kimberly Allen, born and raised on the south side of Chicago, like me, y'all, and grew up in a marginalized, underserved community. She is well acquainted with instability and poverty, but at a young age began to understand Jesus in a way that her peers had not. Uh, She is a women's life coach. We'll learn more about that later. Tech talent advisor, a mother of four, a wife. And she represents triumph in many phases of womanhood, which we're going to dig into. Like, what is this thing called womanhood, right? So welcome, Kimberly. 
Thank you so much, Bianca. I definitely appreciate you allowing me to speak on your platform. Thank you so much. Of course. So what's behind your smile? And the reason why I ask this question uh, every episode is because each woman has a story to share and, and, and to tell. And I often see your posts with you smiling with your family, with your husband, or by yourself. And especially during this time of even your weight loss journey, seeing your transformation and seeing your smile brighten. Like what's what's behind that? Man, that's a loaded, loaded question. Um, I can tell you, I, I'll frame it in one word and you'll understand by the end of the podcast what I mean by that. But the reason why, Bianca, I can honestly say at this point in my life, I'm 37, I'll be 38, June the 10th of this year. I am. I can honestly say that I'm happy. And for so long, I went on a journey just trying to really figure out what does that really mean to be happy? I saw life through my parents' eyes. I saw life through my siblings, through my local community, as well as my peers. And I, honest to God, and I don't know if you could um, uh, attest to this as well, but I didn't see a lot of people in, in my local community happy or in my immediate family happy. And I, I believe that God will continue to just unfold that more and more to me. And I can, I can tell you right now I have a part, but I'm definitely continuing to evolve and continuing to add to my story. But for one word for me that equates to my smile is acceptance. And the reason why I say that is because Bianca, I've been through a lot. Um, I've been through, I grew up in an underserved community. I grew up in poverty. Um, I know what it means to not have enough dinner to eat at night. I know what it means to be born in a family where both of your parents are addicted to substance abuse. Um, I know what it means to suffer illnesses and disorders in my body. And I can say since I remember me existing, which is in kindergarten, I've always suffered with sickness. And I thought that just, you know, going through hardship was a part of life and nobody was really happy. But now at this juncture in my life, I can tell you that I'm truly happy and I'm truly at a place where I can smile, not just from aesthetics or cosmetics or feeling good about how I look, but from the inside out, because I've learned to accept the good and the bad. Paul talks about living a base and a bound and being content in all things, no matter where we are, whether we're in the middle of wherever we want to be in life, whether we're at the top or just at the fundamental level and starting off and pursuing what our life is all about. But I've learned to accept it all. And I can tell you, Bianca, that there were so many times within my childhood that I did not walk in, a, in agreement or I didn't walk in acceptance in regards to the hardship. I remember being in grade school and I just felt so much frustration and disappointed disappointment in regards to the parents that I had. I felt like having, if I had parents that are more well-off or well-versed, then I would be in a better place in my life. So I did not accept where I came from. I did not accept where I was born into. And that put me in a place of performing. Um, I was very accomplished uh, throughout my education and throughout my adolescence. I was at the age of 15 working for a major public relations company and I made more than everybody in my house combined at the age of 15. And I remember being in there and being around people from different cultures and I would perform. I would figure out how they spoke because I didn't accept that I came from the ghetto. I came from 
uh, marginalized, underserved community. I did not accept the fact that even though I came from where I came from, that God had another message to just begin to, he began to show me over the years who I am, that I'm not necessarily where I come from, but I am what he says about me. So one of the scriptures that one of my favorite scriptures up to this day is Philippians 1 and 6. And we're acquainted with this scripture where it says, being confident in this, that he who begun a good work. And I want to stop there because a lot of times when we think about a good work, we think about something that's rewarding. Then we think about the end in mind and the prize, but we forget that when God does a good work in us, it 100% evolves in, involved it involves things that we're uncomfortable with. It hardship has to be there. Pain and challenges is a part of life. And I began to accept those things. And I began to accept those things that I did not like about myself and that I wasn't as proud of in, in regards to where I came from. But I began to really understand Philippians 1 and 6, that the good work that he begun in me first had everything to do with me facing the challenges that I that in the, the cards in the hand that I've been dealt that I did not ask for because his word says that he will carry it into completion until the day of Jesus Christ. So I've learned to accept the good and the bad. Hmm. All of it, right? All oh. of it. I, I was just having, I've been having this conversation more and more um, lately about accepting all all of it right not just pieces of um your story not just pieces of life but all of it that joy and pain can exist and to that piece of self-acceptance also just accepting reality re yeah. what the current state is if this so happens to be it for today Will I accept that? Do I accept that as what it is? And it's so much power in accepting your story. Yeah. And yeah. not trying to uh, manipulate it or fancy it up with different words or leave parts out because you, you don't like that. But it, each piece... Um, works out for our good regardless if we feel good about it yep and so I'm sure. so I'm so glad that you said that part and and I'm happy to hear that you're happy right like it's something about just being happy you know especially saying that like you right. know like I'm, I'm happy you, don't, you just don't hear it it's rare in our community it is and then when you hear people say that sometimes folks get skeptical they're like why are you always smiling like why yep. aren't you smiling you know you're <laughs> phony like I've been yeah. called that so many times but I, and I've been disappointed by those reactions like why why do I have to uh, be phony because I'm smiling Yep, absolutely. And like, one what, what's happening in your life or what has happened to you for you to see other people through that lens? Yep. That everything is a facade. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been told that so many times, Bianca, and I can tell you the reason why me being in a place where I can accept everything, the good and the bad, has caused me to smile from a deeper place because I have lived, I'm 37 and I no lie, I've lived probably 30 years 
being disappointed being disappointed and being resentful in regards to where I come from, my life, my stories. I've been dealt unfair, uh, uh, um, a deck of cards. And what I found, found was, Bianca, that that resentment was living in me and it was housed in my mind. It was housed in my emotions. It was living freely in, my, um, in, in the way I thought and the things that I pursued and how I saw myself. And wh wherever there's disappointment and there is resentment and resentment restricts us from finding solutions to whatever challenges that we face. And I've learned that. I'm like, man, God. I, and when I began to learn that and God began to show me that, I felt like I lost a lot of time being mad at people and people can only give us what they have and being resentful towards my situation and I that it that it began to affect my brain in a way where it was stagnant it stayed on this constant level of being upset and I saw myself just reliving that through everything through relationships you know through the goals that I, I tried to obtain on my own I could not they will fall through the ground I would not be able to accomplish those things because that resentment lived and it kind of stifled my creativity so anytime that we're living in like disappointment and resentment it puts almost like a a um, a lock on our brain where we are, are where we can't find like solutions to our challenges and we it almost feels like you know we're kind of stuck so me accepting that was almost like chains being broken off of my mind off of my emotions and just the way I thought and how I pursued life and how I saw myself as well Whew. so give us some um, now I'm pulling on the, the life coaching you give us yeah. some practical tips on how does one go about self-acceptance oh that's so good um I, I think my journey for me the uh, one of the my strengths is in writing like I love to write so I just begin to just weird like that I grew up like a nerd and I love like all things like education and and all of that stuff but for me I begin to number one I began to write down my life and my journey because a lot of times, Bianca, when we don't name a situation, we claim it as a part of our identity, it becomes that. But when we name it, we separate that from, this is what happened to me, this is not who I am. So I would say, wanted uh, to record what you've been through, record what you've been through and talk about it around safe people. Even if it's like, if, when, when I say safe people, I mean that you are talking to people that you know that don't gossip in your environment or don't talk about other people. So I would say record it, write it down, uh, get, get it all out. Cause a lot of times we carry history and we see this through the generation that come before us, like our parents and their parents, we carry history of histories of pain and stories. And we've carried those things, but talk about it around safe people and then allow those people to hold you accountable as well. Um, and that was major for me. I started to listen because here's the thing. I started to see patterns in my life happen no matter where I was or the people that I was around. If it happened when I was around my sisters, it happened when I was around my girlfriends or it happened to happen again at work. It wasn't those people. They were me. So I, I would say pay attention to the patterns. What what uh, I, I hate to say negative, but what negative characteristics that you've seen have shown up in various places. So pay attention to those things, write them down and talk about them around safe people. Mm, I would uh, definitely agree with that. Hence, you know, how I have so many books, but <laughs> it's, <Yeah>. it, <laughs> for me, it didn't start out with, because I wanted to write a book, it started with, that was my means of therapy. I needed yeah. to 
um, get it out because I can no longer suppress it anymore. So I am a testament that journaling, writing, and, and then speaking it helps. Yeah. It calls Yep. And it, it, it takes the power away from, oh my God, I felt like I was so rigid, Bianca, growing up because I was so rigid because I felt like, man, this, the environment that I was born into, it doesn't serve me. So I have to create my own path and my path was rigid. But when I began to accept that this was all that, that God will allow my story to work for his good. And he will carry that thing into completion, meaning that he's going to mature you through every trial and situation that we go through. Maturity is the end product. It's the byproduct of pain and hardship. When I begin to, to, to meditate on that, and I begin to see other people around me, that they begin to mature in certain things that they were faced with challenges with, it freed me as well. And I began to say, man, if, if they can walk through whatever they've been through, then I can get through mine as well. Mm, that's true. Community is key. It is the right community. So it sounds like you already shared like once a, a situation that um, sought to destroy your voice and ruin your self-confidence. Um, if you want to sh- add more to that and how did you work yourself up from that situation? Yeah, I remember um, going to undergrad. I went to the University of Southern Mississippi and I was really sick. So mind you, I think I've mentioned um, early on <clears throat> that um, I've suffered from two overlapping autoimmune disorders since I can remember myself. I think since I was in kindergarten, I remember being in and out of the hospitals, but it was crazy, Bianca, because I felt like, man, I have like this something locked inside of me where I want to do more. And I, I used to think like I could never do what I wanted to do with the with the hands that life had dealt me. And I remember being an undergrad, my parents had moved to Mississippi, they had moved back to Chicago, and I found myself pretty much homeless. And I remember going, my grandparents were older and they really couldn't help, you know, uh, provide for me. But I remember going to their house, mind you, I don't know anyone in the town, but my grandparents. And I began to cry, cry on their shoulder and say, hey, I'm sick. My grades are falling. You know that I feel like there's something in me to do more and to be more and to give more of myself to society. I knew that at a young age, it was crazy. And I told them like, I just cannot get over being sick. I will never be able to accomplish what God has called me to do with just suffering with sickness in my body for so long. And I remember my grandmother looked at me and she had revealed a family secret that I had not known. And she was like, baby, I want you to know that when your mother was pregnant with you, I told her to stop doing drugs and Bianca, Bianca, Bianca. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. I didn't know that I was a byproduct of what we call in the black community, a crack baby. I just thought, and it shook my identity to the core. It shook everything, every aspiration that I had, every way and and that I saw myself being influential in society. It shook me to the core because then I reduced myself to what my mom had experience that they hid from me and I'm like I'm I'm the fourth to the youngest of of my sisters and no one else is sick what the heck is wrong with me and the fact that my mom didn't share it with me it it drew me into a state of darkness that I only God has could have gotten me out of and I didn't know 
because of, you know, there's a saying that people say secrets make you sick. I didn't know that my mom had experienced that. I had confronted her about it and she was like, oh no, it wasn't you, it was your brother. Oh no, it wasn't your brother, it was you. So, you know, it's hard for that generation to come out and talk about things that they're not proud of. Mm -hmm. But it, it, it shook me in a way that I've never been shooken before because I'm here in undergrad. I'm a first generation kid and probably just about most of the things that I've experienced in my life. So I did not have a model. I did not, I, I did things the way I thought they should have been done because I had never seen it before. And I was trying my best. You know how sometimes you reach a point where you like, you're trying your best and like you have these odds stacked up against you. That's what I felt. And that destroyed my voice because what this autoimmune disorder did was it caused like it attacked my body in a way where I could not eat. I couldn't talk or I couldn't drink for weeks at a time. I was always underweight as a kid. I knew that like, I remember being in high school and in undergrad, I will always choose public speaking classes because I knew that that was one thing that I had going on for myself. But when I would, my, my immune system would inflame and I would have what they call in the autoimmune community a flare up. I couldn't speak. I remember being so sick to the point where my boyfriend then, which is my husband now, had to <clears throat> take me to different hospitals in the South. And it was a point where my mouth, Bianca, was closed shut for so long that I remember going to a doctor. They had to use scissors to cut both of my lips apart so that I can open up my mouth. I would get water in through like the corner of my mouth. And I felt like I was at my breaking point, but I can tell you what really helped me. I never forget my brother in Christ, who is still my brother to this day. His name is Apostle Raleigh, AKA Apostle BJ. He came over to the house. He had knew that I had been sick for weeks. I think I was in my twenties and 90 pounds, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. But he said, Kim, when you cannot speak, I want you to write. And what that did for me was it kind of it 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 kind of gave me a type of put me in a space of creativity because I did not see nor did I know that there was like any type of solutions around my pain. I didn't know how to manage it. It, you know, was really hard on my emotional state as well. And with him sharing that for me, it taught me that I can live and still manage my health or manage the cards that I've been dealt. But that thing sought to destroy my voice because there are weeks at a time where I wouldn't say a word. I would only open my mouth to drink water because I knew that I had to live to do that, but I literally couldn't. I remember being an undergrad trying to give speeches, Bianca, and my mouth would bleed because of like my body was so inflamed, like swollen and sore to the point where I had to discontinue my speech in front of probably hundreds of people on campus. So that humiliation created like low self-esteem in me and caused me to felt like that my voice wasn't valid or whatever I felt on the inside of me that I would never be able to get it out. And, you know, sometimes life throws us into anyone that's listening and you've had any kind of challenges or any type of pain in your life. I want you to know that there are times where life throws us cards that we cannot handle and accomplish on our own. And that's okay. God designed us to be connected to community and to rely on each other. And Apostle BJ did that for me. I could never thank him enough for just coming over to show, hey, girl, there's a way that you can still live and manage this. But I had to lean on my community at that point. Wow. So book coming soon? <laughs> <laughs> girl, I, I have about five 
incomplete books to keep it 100 with you but um no yeah (laughs) about that part next conversation um no but thank you so much for sharing that because it 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 makes me think about just in my own life and my own family and friends those who I know who are suffering with different illnesses or those who have passed with you know um in the most recent years or through this pandemic not to COVID but to other things and the the pain and it's not and it's not just the person that's experiencing the physical pain that's in pain but those around that person who is loving and caring um, for those who are experiencing such difficulty Um, mm, that's so yummy Mm. (laughs) (laughs) so I remember you started an organization focused on women a few years ago. I think it was called My Girlfriends, if mm-hmm. I had that right. And I thought that was so cool. I was like, <laughs> I, I guess the term now is fangirl. And I was like, I don't even know what that means, but something like that. But I, I, I appreciated seeing that because to me, that was like a banner, a flag waving, like sisterhood, yes. We need it. We deserve it. We welcome you type of deal. So can you tell us what the purpose of that organization was and how it has evolved? Yeah, for sure. So a few years ago, I started an organization called My Girlfriends. And the reason why I started it, because I believe that it is our duty or it is our whatever we've overcome in our life. I think that we should give back and create solutions for other people. So Girlfriends was a way for me to give back in regards to the things that I've overcome in my own personal life. And that being, I am, my mom and dad have five children together and I am the second to the youngest uh, four girls. So I'm the youngest girl of the family. And there were so many times in my life where I felt like misunderstood by my peers. I didn't feel like that I belonged. I was so different. You know, I tried to live a life of Christ and, you know, at the time their life was a bit opposite that I was not allowed to like be with them. I suffered some abuse, uh, on and off throughout my relationships with, uh, one of my siblings and it created some pain and trauma in me in regards to connecting with other women, because I would always second guess myself and say, do I fit in with these people? Would they like me? Am I going to overthink something or would they laugh at me or make fun of me? And, and I can tell you, Bianca, God has really, really did a work on me in regards to women in relationships. And I remember I have underwent about four to five years of consistent therapy Uh, Christian therapy and God began to do a work on me. I remember one of my therapists sat me down and said, Hey, Kim, everybody has either a little girl or a little boy inside of them to some level or degree. But the key is to staff yourself with the community that you needed as a kid. So say for instance, mine was ultra rejection. So for me, what that said to me was I have to get women around me that are naturally accepting that are naturally inclusive, that are great listeners. And it's not something that at a skill set that they have to uh, work to get to, but they have it natural. And I was abused by way of relationships, but I was also healed by way of the right relationships as well. So I have throughout my years, I've in, even in my adulthood now, 
I understand the necessity of strong sisterhood. I have a friend because I endured so much rejection in, in physical and verbal abuse within my childhood by way of other women. I have a friend who is naturally accepting. She wants to hear everything that I have going on. She thinks the absolute world of me, even in my weaknesses, she always points out my strengths and how they outnumber what my weaknesses are. I've had to do that so that the little girl won't go through her adult life displaced and expecting things from people that it's not even ideal, unrealistic expectations. So Girlfriends was designed to, for a community of women that needed the relational and the emotional support. It's evolved throughout the years because I began to establish my family even more. And I have a, a lot of children. I have four children. I have to make sure that whatever I'm giving out to the world, that I tailor it in a way that it still allows me to live both my personal and professional life. So today, the services that I do offer, I do one-on-one -on -one coaching for women. Um, my website is www.lifewiththeallens.com. And I, I only carry three clients a quarter. And I do that because I definitely want to be wise with the load that I'm carrying, but I'm still able to give back in a way. So yeah, Girlfriends was a community designed for emotional and relational support. And, I, and, and to this day, I'm still talking to women, adult women, and also young adult women as well that need that relational support. Mm. Oh, we... I just love it. I love it so much because I, yes, it is needed. Relational, it, emotional support. Yeah. And I, 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 I like how the, the language and the word choice around staffing yourself with what the little girl and you mm -hmm. needed because um, through this, pandemic uh time God began to lead me to staff myself yeah and um almost like uh create a uh I want to use gate but fence myself in uh in a sense and hearing you say say that affirmed what I've been doing right and how critical that is to have the type of friendships in your life that's specific for you because yep. you, the relationships you have may look different than the relationships I have but it feeds what we need and we feed what other people we pour into other people what they need so I just yes. I appreciate that and I also appreciate the fact that you um have found this work-life harmony to the sense of I, I'm not trying to go out and save the whole world and lose my family yep. <laughs> and, and burn out trying to do it versus using wisdom, but still carving out the time that you can to pour yep. into uh, your coaching clients. I think that's beautiful so much so when when you're coaching um what type of woman are you serving and how do um how do you hope to help them yeah so when I talked about earlier when when God begins to give us solutions or we begin to experience a level of breakthrough in our own life it is our debt to society for lack of a better word to give 
uh, and to provide those same resources and solutions and answers. So I can tell you everything, what I first started doing when I began to say, hey, how can I impact the world? How can I do my part? And I can only do my part. I began to write down the things that I've overcome. Like I feel 100% comfortable around women of different calibers, statures, backgrounds. I feel comfortable because I've learned that I have created a community where that little girl inside of me is not starved to be heard, is not starved to be affirmed, is, is not starved to feel like she belongs in, in different environments because I've been, I've used wisdom, Bianca. And I wanted a, a, a little segue, but I won't be long. And to every woman that's listening, I want to encourage you to use wisdom with the women that you connect with. Even though all, if they're, you say, if you're in an environment where all the women are awesome and positive, that's good. But are they designed for to, to for you? Do they have the capacity to help nurture the thing, the work that God has begun in you to help promote that? And every woman doesn't. Like I have been friends with some amazing women, but there are parts of them that for, for me, I could not handle. Like I will force relationships. And what I mean by that is expecting something out of someone that I had not gauged to see, or I, I had not seen any fruit or skill set that they're able to arrive to the occasion. So say for instance, if I grew up in a home where everybody was like impatient or they didn't know how to walk us through processes or teach us, I need not to connect myself with a woman that has the same issues, that she's impatient. Is she a bad person? No, God is still working that thing out in her as well. But I need to connect with women that have, that naturally already have what I need. And just being patient in that, just when we're connecting with women, I often say it's just like dating. You just kind of, you know, be in casual settings and environments. And when you begin to see the fruit that you need, I would say that take a stab out, step, step out and, you know, and befriend those people or those women. But oftentimes women, we have difficulties in relationship because we expect something for someone that they have not matured in and that they may never mature in, but they might be mature in other things that you may not need. So use wisdom, take your time and communicate clearly if you are connecting with people because we are who we hang around and you just want to make sure that you are, are are staffing your life with the people that you actually need and it's not a waste of time as well mm. Mm. <coughs> again when is the book coming uh, <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I know i know and deuces don't feel no pressure i just <laughs> Girl, I've learned to pace myself. It's real. <laughs> Whenever it comes, it's going to be great. Okay. Uh, what are three gems you want to leave with women suffering in silence and fear of embracing their identity? Oh, I love that. I love that. I love that. I love that. Um, one of the things that we already talked about was when it comes to identity, believe it or not, we can connect ourselves, but we're a magnet either for the pain or we're a magnet for the progress and that that we've made and whatever level we are in I would say um one of the things that I can tell you and I don't think we talked about this Bianca but my my both of my parents were addicted to substance abuse and because of that we under we underwent a lot of instability I've been to from kindergarten to 12th grade to 12 different schools that we've had that, that I've had to transfer to because of my parents were running for from their problems but 
some will listen to, and I remember at work, I, I just shared my story and I told folks that I've been to, I've transferred to 12 different schools and they were really shocked, but I'm not afraid to talk about that anymore. And I'm not hurt. My voice doesn't crack. And it's okay if your voice is still cracking when you're telling your story, you got to start somewhere, you got to be somewhere. So if you at base level with just trying to get it out and your voice is shaking, get it out anyway. But one of the things that because of I endured so much instability, I be, through worship, through prayer, through the right community, I began to connect the dots, Bianca. And one of the things that I will say with women that struggle with their identity, the, I, the struggle with identity is apparent because we identify with our pain, okay? The struggle, we struggle with identity because we place whatever we've been through and we uh, uh, attach that to our identity. But Contrary to popular belief, your identity is not what you've been through. Our identity is what God says about us. So for me, I had started to study scriptures. I had started making songs out of them. I had started rehearsing what God says about me and why I belong to him. <clears throat> and that began to fix my identity. I began to attract other people that were strong in their identity as well. But not only that, I had fell out of agreement with the identity of my hardship. And what I mean by that was because I, I, I went through a lot of instability as a child, I'm not an unstable person. I begin to see the other side of that. And that's why I mentioned the scripture with first Corinthians says that the good work, the good work is pain, but the Bible says that he's going to carry that and complete it. That means he's going to mature that. So the other side of my instability, this is the way I saw it. If I had not been through 12 different schools, moving from state to state with my parents, I would not be uh, able to adjust to change to this day. I'm very flexible in my outlook of life. I'm very, most people say that I'm very resilient, meaning that I can bounce back from hardship, what like just things that people probably wouldn't be able to bounce back from. I'm flexible at work. I'm flexible with the, the different nuances of life, the being up and down. And you know why though? Because of what I've been through in my childhood. I no longer identify with the negative aspects of it, but I say, God, what would my story of instability, what would you want to mature that into? How do you want to carry that into completion? He says, I'm, I'm making you agile. I'm making you flexible. You'll be able to bounce back from hardship. You'll be able to, to adjust to change because of what you've been through. And that's, that's, I can accept it now because I'm like, how would I not have these characteristics or be the person that I am today without those challenges? But I want to encourage every woman that's listening to, I want you to see yourself on the other side of whatever pain or circumstances you're going to. And my other side was from instability to stability, from instability to flexibility, from instability to accomplishments. Because if you can be flexible in the hands that life dealt with you, you can be very accomplished in life. And I promise you to this day, Bianca, I can say with everything that I've gone through, God has begun to transform my life. And I begin to see on the other side of that pain in a way that I, I was not able to see before because I was in denial. I did not accept it. I was resentful so that the not allow my brain to even think about being how to create strategies around the things that I was going through. Another thing that I will say is <clears throat> women that are suffering in silence. Of course, we talked about the right community. The right people around you can make or break you. Do not uh, establish relationships with people that do not naturally have what you need. Establish, take your time with, um, with 
with establishing relationships and getting to know women and establishing bonds with people that have the, cap the capability that already carry what you need. Now, another thing that I've learned throughout so much that I've been through is flexibility. Bianca, you mentioned earlier about books. And if you had asked me this maybe four years ago, I'd probably be like, man, I, I need to get that done. And now I don't see things in that way. God has made me, has have begun to form something in me that's beautiful. And I can say that I'm I'm more flexible than I ever have. And I'm giving myself room to evolve. So ladies, mm -hmm. give <clears throat> yourself room to evolve because here's the truth, Bianca, the people, the person that we are now in five years, we're going to be something totally different. So don't oh, yes. park. Yes, we're, yes. we're constantly evolving and growing. So try not to park in the now, but ask God to give you hinds feet and ask God to give you a, a, a vision for your future and try to build and make decisions towards that. Because if we park with where we are now, that means we're building our life off of the level that we're at. And there are still, you know, some levels of immaturity and things that we have to walk through in Christ. So flexibility, give yourself room to evolve. I can tell you, and I can, and, and, and you might know parts of my story in regards to, so uh, about three years ago, my husband and I and my family have been to um, have been members of all nations since before my children were born. I was 19 years old. I was a part of the first group of establishing all nations about maybe 17 or 18 years ago, maybe a little bit longer than that. And about three or four years ago, we left all nations to partner with a new church. My husband and I felt like God was doing a new thing in us. And my husband and I felt like God was evolving and adding to our story and who he's called us to be. So he called us into a new community because these people had what we needed for the next level in our life. Now we left, came back, left and came back. And I, and I want to say that because I want to encourage every woman and even you, Bianca, uh, in regards to the decisions that we make about our life and our future, who says that you can't go back and retract? Who says that you can't rethink your decisions? Who says that you can't not go back and make another decision? A part of even growing up is exploring, you know, what our options are and feel it. And, and I had to learn that God had to begin to work flexibility in me to say, hey, so what? Don't worry about the faces. Don't worry about whether people will look or people, everybody has opinions, including me. I have opinions about people that's biased and, you know, but practice flexibility with yourself as a woman, because God is constantly working out things in us that he wants to complete and he wants to mature. So if we stop in one season and park on that identity, what it's really showing is that the work is completed and it's not. It's an ever evolving process, but guess what? We're being processed and we're being matured by God that's loving, that never fails us, that he's not judgmental. He is Emmanuel. He is always present. He's a present help in time of trouble. And the scripture says that greater is he that is in us and he that is in the world. And I'm going to end it with this, Bianca. What I can say is <clears throat> in my 37 years of existence, God has placed much more in me than my history and where I've come from. There's much more that God has added to my story and it, and it outweighs every pain, every misfortune, every heartache, every confused girl, it outweighs all of that. So trust God that he is greater on the inside of you than what your parents could have did, your community could have did, your spouse could have done, your employees, the culture of where you work could put on the inside of you. God is placing more on the inside of us than the world ever could. And I'm grateful for that. 
So you know, uh, like at church when in the in the Baptist church when the preacher's preaching good and the person throw the towel. <laughs> <laughs> <So> silly. <laughs> like yes. <laughs> and you just do the head nod because it's it's nothing left to say. It is nothing left to say. Kim has said it all, y'all. I, I have I have nothing left to say, and that's uncommon. I generally do, but I just don't. Um, this I appreciate every uh, moment of time you have shared uh, in this space. Every piece of godly wisdom, your pour, your insight. Um, and you being open and honest about your journey because it's bound to save lives. And it already has prior to you coming on today. So thank you. Let people know how they can stay connected with you. Yeah, absolutely. You could subscribe to um, my our website, www.lifewiththeallens. Um, I'm also on Instagram. My Instagram name is Kimberly Cannon-Allen, as well as Facebook. Um, I'm ever evolving. So if, if you subscribe to like the YouTube channels that I have now, I could guarantee you there'll be new material within the next year. I'm flowing with God and everything that he's working out in me. You can bet 100% I'm going to pour it and give it to the people that need it. So Definitely, if you, you want to follow, stay updated, updated with like the services that I do provide, which is one on one coaching. Um, you could definitely subscribe to my website at www.lifewiththeallens.com. Awesome. So y'all heard it. If you like this episode, you know what to do. Share it. Leave a review. DM me on Instagram at Bianca and Cotton. Let me know your thoughts. We want to hear from you. We want to know how you're growing. Uh, how you are transforming and being renewed. So again, share it with a friend. Don't keep it to yourself. It's too good. It's too good. (laughs) And we'll talk to y'all later. Thanks for tuning in to Behind the Confidence Mountain podcast with your host, Bianca Cotton. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends and family. Let's grow our community, you all. Until next time on the podcast. Remember, we all have a story and a journey of what is behind.